A legendary name in hardcore supplementation. Iron Mag Labs. 100% original, patent-pending Andro Compound. The most effective, hardcore, groundbreaking, bodybuilding supplements in the world. In the world. Iron Mag Labs. Revolutionizing hardcore supplementation for more than a decade. Visit IronMagLabs.com. IronMagLabs.com. Welcome back to Central Bodybuilding. I am your host, Jeff Roberts, and I am here as always with my co-host, Matt White. What's up, Matt? What's going on, Jeff? Been a long and busy week. Obviously, uh, Labor Day yesterday. For those of you who who don't know, we usually record on Tuesdays. You guys get to listen to it on Thursdays. But, uh, man, the weekend just went way too fast for for a holiday, you know, getting an extra day. I, I even actually... Technically took off on on Friday, which is a rarity, um, and it, it just seems like this morning came and and I'm sitting in the office before I went over to the accountant's office and I was just like, damn, like where did the whole weekend go? I mean, did it seem that way for you? Um, yeah, kind of differently though because I worked over the weekend and I had uh, today off, so a little bit different. But I just feel like the time's been flying just because of the amount of work I've been doing but and I know you're the same but I actually was talking to my neighbor the other day and she's like this 90 year old woman like she's so old so I mean I think she's right around 90 she might be 88 91 she's somewhere in there but she told me that I was she was asking about what I was doing and stuff and she she knew I had been working from home so she was asking me what I was doing leaving or like with my work clothes on and shit so she's like um she told me the greatest joy in life is to work because it amplifies all the good things. You know what I mean? So you, you appreciate everything if you work. If you don't work hard, you don't ever really get to truly appreciate everything else that you work for, you know? So, and uh, that kind of put an extra pep in my step because she's 100% right, you know? We, yeah. It's like, uh, keep busy and work hard and it's every everything that, Every all the good stuff that comes of it, or the, the the little downtime that you do get, it's all so much more special than when you're not working so hard and it just kind of doesn't matter, you know. I think working it, you know, it keeps you feeling younger. I think because you know you're constantly, you know, <laughs> for lack of a better term, using your brain. Hell yeah. Um, and you know, I think it just keeps everything together. I think it's when people kind of settle down. And I hate to say, like, you know, the mind starts to go once you retire because I'm not sure if, if you know, science really backs that claim. I would have bet it does. I think, I think there probably is some merit to it because, you know, you're, you're not using your brain to its full capacity. You know, you're kind of giving it a, a vacation. 100%. And I think that those studies are correct. And I think that's the perfect explanation for it is if you, if you retire and you do – whatever you want to do and whatever you want to do ends up being pretty much the same thing over and over again without learning new things or, or, or t- challenging your brain. I mean, if you're, if you're just going to do play golf, watch your shows 
and go out to eat for the next 20 years, there's no real thought there. There's no new thoughts, really. You know what I mean? So there's no there's no new learning. So it's really, I can see where your brain would start to deteriorate then because it's kind of giving up or it sees you as giving up. But uh, yeah, definitely, definitely true. And I mean, I guess, and I guess this is my personal opinion, but you know, I kind of feel like if, if I'm ready to retire at some point, then that means I've, I've no longer, I don't wake up invested in, in whatever industry that I'm working in at that time or, or business that I have. Like if I ever wake up and I don't want to be in my office a certain day just because, you know, I'm, I'm sick of it or I don't enjoy the work, then, you know, it's probably time to, to get out of it. But, you know, for me, it's, it's one of those things that, and I hate that the whole cliche, if, uh, you know, you love what you do, you never work another day in your life. And, and it's true. I mean, I, I enjoy getting up every day and, and sitting in my office and writing articles and writing plans for, for clients and helping businesses grow and helping my business grow. And I just, I enjoy what I do. And if I ever get to the point where I'm, I'm thinking about retiring, then I have to take a long, hard look at, at what I'm doing because I clearly lost the love and passion for, for whatever it currently is. Yeah, I heard a quote once. I don't even know if it was a quote. It was just somebody talking. I can't even tell you who it was or where it was from, but it really is like it was very helpful to me. And I, I run it through my head often when I, I might be bummed out about having to work a ten-hour day or working, you know, you know, just working late and having to wake up early for work or whatever. And the person said, "Don't think of it as I have to go to work, but I can go to work." You know. Yeah. It's 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 a totally different it sounds simple but if you have first of all you have work unlike a lot of people you have the ability to make it to make money which puts you ahead of a ton of like millions like a ton of people right off the bat and then you have the physical and mental ability to go to work you're you're not fucking bedridden you're not you know you don't have anything going on that prevents you from working so you're really very lucky to be able to go to work. So why not think of it as I can go to work as opposed to I have to go to work? And it really does, if you think of it that way, it really does um, make the days easier and make your work more enjoyable, at least for me. It's like a, it's, a, it's more of a blessing than a curse. But uh, I didn't expect the show to start off like this, kind of a motivating little uh, speech here. But um, between the two of us, Speaking of retirement, this just popped into my head. wasn't really on our list. I wonder if Dexter will retire at the Olympia. If he wins, I bet he does. But only if he wins. Yeah. Uh... Because you know if he wins, not only does he win the Olympia, but he breaks the all-time uh, professional wins record. Right now he's tied with Ronnie Coleman. I don't know the specific number. It's like 26 or something. But if he wins the Olympia, he now will be the sole owner of most pro wins of all time. So it would be literally the most perfect time to retire. But again, if you retire on top, and I don't think he's going to win. I don't, I think the chances of him winning are, are fairly good, but not great. I would give him like a, maybe a 20% or something like that. It's, it's tough. And I mean, if anybody follows digital muscle, um, Dan Solomon, is saying that uh, Dexter's going to win, and and he gave some some reasons why he doesn't feel that 
Phil is is up to the challenge and and that his physique is going to come in, you know, on top. And I don't know. I, I kind of disagree with him, but I guess I also disagree with a lot of people. Uh, Dave Palumbo is sticking to his word that, you know, he thinks Kevin's going to win. Uh, I think that's an absolute long shot. You know, Dexter, Dexter has a great physique. And, you know, I guess it, on any given day, depending on what the judges are looking for, you know, Dexter could win. I mean, he has one of those physiques that every time he steps on stage, he's a contender. I mean, I don't know of, of any show that he goes into that people aren't thinking that he's, you know, not going to be standing next to Phil or, or you know, one of the other top guys and, and either placing extremely well, like winning or, or you know, second. But uh, his name's always in there. So it's it's not, I guess, out of the question to think that if Phil comes in a little off that, that Dexter could take it. Um, just from what I'm seeing, Phil's Phil's going to totally have to screw up to uh, to not yeah. win this. Yeah, I agree. I think. Well, I don't agree completely. I think that uh, there are guys who can decimate Phil. Well, it's just Rami. There's one guy. If Rami comes in, I mean. 10% better than his best of all time, which is probably New York or something back in 2013. He probably just steamrolls everybody. It's honestly probably wouldn't even be close. At this point in the Olympia, a grainy, hard, nasty Rami just, I think, just steamrolls the whole lineup. But we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves. Anyways, um, with with this year's Olympia, obviously we have – we kind of have a whole new guard coming up. We have Nathan DeAsher. We have – Josh Lenardowitz, Justin Compton, Dallas McCarver, all these um, next coming guys. We have the current guys. We have Phil. We have um, Sean, um, Ruley, which is a, kind of the current crop of guys. And then we have th- really the 90s to early 2000 guys, which are Dexter and, and Kevin coming back. So we almost literally have three different generations in this show at the same time. And there's been obviously throughout history, there's been certain Mr. Olympias where it sticks out in everyone's mind. You know, there's some that just don't, I mean, like what, what sticks out to you about the 1971 Olympia? There's no, it was one of Arnold's wins. I think. Yeah. It was one of Arnold's wins, but like, that's it. Like what it was like, no one really taught me. Maybe if you were, if you were a 25 year old bodybuilding fan, uh, in 1971, you you may see differently, but from a just an overall perspective, there's only a handful of, of Mr. Olympias where they stick out in your mind for years to come. Obviously, 1975 when Arnold, obviously because of pumping iron, Arnold wins his uh, uh, sixth title, beats doesn't really beat anybody necessarily. It was kind of a weak show. He beat what uh, Serge Nubray and um, and Lou Ferrigno. Lou was off. Serge was small. Didn't have time. Didn't have enough time to train for the show. Uh, obviously, 1980, 1981, both huge because of the controversy. Um, you know, very, very big, uh, big deals. I think 91 was kind of huge with the best Lee Haney ever and up and coming Dorian Yates. That was pretty iconic. Yeah. Um, 93 when Dorian came in and was just kind of a creature from another planet. We'd never seen such a physique ever in bodybuilding in 1993. That was huge. And then really it kind of died again until 98 and everyone knows 98. Most people 
if you ask them, what's your favorite Olympia ever? Probably 70 out of 100 people will say 98 when uh, Ronnie Coleman came out of nowhere, came from ninth place in 97, beat Flex Wheeler, whose name was already on the trophy. I mean, the guys were just, it was just a crazy lineup. You had um, the best Chris Cormier ever in third place. He came in great. Uh, you had Kevin, Sean, Lee Priest was sixth or fifth, fifth, and then they changed they changed the placings afterwards. I think that was the year that happened. Maybe not. That may have been 97. But 98, Lee was up there too. He looked crazy. He had a flat top that year. Um, it's just a, It was just an overall phenomenal year in every way. Um, and then I guess, you know, you have 2006 when Jay Cutler beat Ronnie. That's huge. 2003 when Ronnie looked like a mutant. That's one of the most iconic times. Um, 2008 when Dexter finally won. And that's about it. Even even uh, a 2009 as well I would put in there. Just because Jay, Jay, what Jay did had never been done before. It was super iconic. Definitely 2009. But I don't think I would even put any of Phil's wins in there to be honest with you. I mean 2011 was – it was cool having Phil win and show such a great physique. But really – what, what was very, very – everyone pretty much knew it was going to be Phil Heath in 2011. I mean, the way he looked at the Arnold, he got screwed over, got beat by Kai Green. Uh, wait, was that 2000 no, – I'm thinking 2010. 2011, he took the whole year off. And uh, it, just, it was just kind of – that was kind of anticlimactic to me. But even if you put that in there, what did I name, like eight of them maybe out of yeah. uh, the whole the whole years? But – you know, I'm, I'm wondering, the reason I'm talking about all this is I'm wondering if maybe 2016 can be the next the next one, the next epic uh, Mr. Olympia that people talk about for years and years. It's been, I would say it's been since 2009, so we're looking at seven years already, which is crazy that it's been seven years since Jay Cutler came out and blew everyone away. But I think it's time, you know, I think it's time for a new a new year like that and who knows what it could be it could be kevin it could be kevin placing fourth and just being like people like being completely floored by it i i highly doubt it but maybe it could be it could be phil heath bringing in something we've never it could be it could be a 265 pound phil heath that's ripped crazy it somehow controls his waist and just literally gets put back in line it could be one of those i think that's most likely of all of all of all possibilities that make this an epic Olympia that everyone that gets remembered for decades, I think the most likely scenario is a Phil Heath coming out and just blowing people's minds the way Ronnie did in 03. Um, but you have a lot of things. I mean, you could see – we could see Sean Roden come in and just look like insane. He could look – he he could look so good that – Sean has a capacity to look so good that he's – in talks of like the best bodybuilder ever, you know, like if he nails it and he's a little bigger and his back comes up and everything is perfect. He's one of those guys where you say, man, who, who would have ever beat him in the history of bodybuilding? Oh, three Ronnie. Maybe that's about it. He has that type of structure and gifts. So what do you think? You think, what do you see? First of all, what, what pops in your head when you think of like past Olympias, ones that really stick out and, and also, what do you think is a possible scenario this year that could make this year one of those Olympias? I think for me, it's always been the rivalries. Like I love the the Ronnie and Jay battles. The fact that you know Jay would get up on stage, and everybody knew that Ronnie was going to win, 
But then there were times where you looked at their physiques and you're like, how the hell did Ronnie win this year? And and to me, it's it's always a a friendship, and and I think that's kind of what we lacked between Phil and Kai. Like there was no camaraderie or or friendship between the two. I, I mean, it was like a a nasty rivalry where you know Ronnie and Jake can joke around, and and while they were rivals, they were friendly about it. The same thing between Jay and Phil. Um, obviously, Dexter coming out of the blue in in 2008 and winning, you know, that was exciting. And then Jay coming back and winning it the following year was something that never happened before. So to me, it's it's always been kind of the the rivalries that that is has gotten me excited about the Olympia in particular. Um, I mean, this year is is totally different. And while there's probably more hype surrounding this year's Olympia, it to me it's it's in different way. I mean, there's there is no rivalry. We're not looking at like a Phil Kai rivalry. Now we're looking at kind of you know what we opened up with, which is kind of three different generations all stepping up on on the same stage in in Las Vegas. And and to me that's exciting to see Kevin stand up against Phil. And to see Kevin stand up against guys, you know, the, the new uh, the new blood in the sport, the Dallas McCarvers and, and guys like that. I, I mean, that gets me excited. I would love to see, you know, someone from each generation standing, you know, side by side. And you can just kind of get Hell a picture yeah. of, of what, what the spectrum of bodybuilding has been like over the past, you know, 20 plus years. And then they see a Dennis, Phil, Kevin, uh, not Dennis, Dallas, Dallas, Phil, Kevin call out, you know, uh, past, present, future type, type deal. That'd be awesome. But, um, yeah, I think, I think the only rivalry I can really come up with, I think that Sean, people don't realize that Sean and Phil have a pretty good rivalry. Um, I, I saw recently on a Sean road interview, where he talked about how when he placed a third, the 2012 Olympia, he had his breakout year when he first started working with Chris. He he went over when he was announced third and Phil won. And he went over to shake Phil's hand, you know, congratulate him. And Phil was, in, uh, or I mean, Sean was ecstatic. Sean was beside himself. Third place at the Olympia. People were, people were arguing whether or not he would squeeze in the top six. He won two pro shows that year, but you know there were smaller shows. He beat Tony Freeman and stuff, but he he went over to congratulate Phil, and Phil kind of peered at him and said, "I know what you're thinking," and that's all he said to him, and that really pissed Sean off because Sean wasn't thinking anything. And in the in the interview, he's like, "Man, who are you to say you know what I'm thinking? I'm the happiest guy in this whole auditorium. I'm not thinking about anything." that you think I'm thinking about, you know, what Phil was obviously was insinuating that, that Sean was thinking I'm coming for you. and I'm going to beat you. You know what I mean? So right off the bat, Sean or uh, Phil is like defensive of himself and defensive of the title and says, I, I know what you're thinking. And then he goes on to say, I, on, at the Sunday press conference after the 2012 Olympia, Phil is like naming his threats, right? He's naming Dexter Jackson, Kai Green, and he totally leaves Sean out after Sean plays third. And Sean noticed that, and Sean's like, holy shit, he left me out. So, and there was also that, I don't know if you remember, somebody got a got video footage of Phil 
secret, secretly got video footage of him on their cell phone and a group of people saying that Sean was not a threat. He's like, yeah, Sean's a great bodybuilder, but let's be serious, bro. He's not messing with Jay Cutler or a guy like myself. Like, he's good, but come on, he's not really a threat. Let's be serious. He was, and he was taught, he didn't know he was on film. You remember that? Vaguely, but yeah, I, so, I can totally see Phil. Phil but yeah, so, that. and Sean is, um, has kind of brought this stuff up publicly. So I think he, there's enough fire there to, uh, to have a rivalry. And if it comes down to those two, I'm very, very excited to see how Sean responds to that because you know damn well how Phil will respond to that. He's going to be grunting and snarling and bumping him, stepping over the line. You know, like Phil's going to be Phil. Phil's going to be on fire. And I wonder if Sean is going to pull a fucking Sean and just kind of sit there with his hands on his hips smirking and let the let Phil take it from him. <clears throat> or same thing Kai used to do until he lost his marbles. Like I wonder I I really wonder how Sean cuz Sean cannot he cannot just lay back when that happens cuz he'll lose. When Phil starts being Phil and pumping his fists and talking shit and stepping over the line and bumping him and not moving over, Phil will do that if it comes down to Phil and Sean. There's no doubt in my mind. Phil will do that no matter who it comes down to. So, do you really think that that Phil sees Sean as a threat? Yes. Do you think that, that think he it, thinks well, that this is a rivalry more than more than what what you know Sean is actually playing it out to be? Well, I think that that Phil probably tries to convince himself that it's not, and uh, based on the placings, it's really not. But based on talent and just the way things have been going, I think that it is. I don't know. I don't think that Phil will consider a rivalry, no. Um, but I do think that Phil considers Sean a threat. Anyone who looks at those pictures from 2015 and says that if you, elim- if you eliminate Sean's distension, you don't change one single thing about him. You just eliminate the distension. I don't see how anyone can make the case for Phil in that show over Sean. I think Sean beats him on every pose. Maybe back double, especially at night, back double goes to Phil. Maybe another couple shots. But at prejudging, the only shot that's close is the back double. Sean wipes the floor with him at prejudging if he doesn't have that distension. So what if he doesn't have the distension? Then that's my opinion. But, I mean, look at the pictures. <clears throat> Sean's bigger, wider, smaller waist, bigger legs, equal conditioning if not better, bigger everywhere, flows better, better skin, everything about him taller, Everything about him was better. I mean, Phil had slightly better arms still, but so what? Everything else was worse. So, I mean, if he doesn't have distension this year and everything is the same, which is not exactly a, a far cry, and Phil is is almost the same, we have a battle, you know? So, for Phil to not think he's a threat, maybe he doesn't because Phil's that delusionally confident, but which would be fine, but I, I think he would be incorrect to think that he's not a threat. But... Uh, but back to our original point, I don't think if it goes if it goes Phil and Sean and they battle and Phil wins, I don't think I think this is this is another lost Olympia, you know. I think this Olympia well, unless obviously if that's the only thing, Kevin could save it, of course, but if that's the main story, if the main story is Phil versus Sean and Phil wins, 
I think this is another Olympia loss to history. You know, like my 1971 example. I think in 50 years, people, some, you know, so some young kid's going to be on a radio show or whatever the fuck they have then. And, and he's going to be like, what happened to the 2016 Olympia? Can you remember? You know what I mean? So <clears throat> I think. I hope that's not what happens. I hope if that happens, Sean beats him. And I hope Sean beats him through, like, nudging and being, like, being aggressive, you know? Because people won't, like, Kai being aggressive, like, wasn't okay. It was like, people didn't buy it, I don't think. People didn't like it so much. I think Sean being aggressive, people will like because everybody likes Sean Roden. He's so mellow. He never says a bad thing. So he kind of like can do no wrong in that in that context. So I do think uh, he he should do that. And I think he'd get away with it and it would help him a lot in the show. But I think, I think it's going to have to be a push from Kevin or somebody like Sean, Cedric, or Rami coming in unbelievable. Because it's possible. If we see a 10% better Cedric than the Arnold, the show's fucking over. I don't think there's any Phil. Phil would have to be his best ever to beat that physique. Phil would have to be 2013 or better to beat a 10% improved Cedric from the Arnold. Because he was so good. Imagine a little more leg sweep and a little more condition on him. I mean, it's game over. And like we said with Rami, if he's ripped and shredded, he, he, he steamrolls everybody. It doesn't matter what anyone looks like. Well, I think there's a lot of people that that need to be looked at. I mean, I'm not uh, discounting Victor. I think Victor could come in and, and potentially do well. I mean, Bonac, if if he hits his conditioning, who who knows? Um, Ruley, I mean, hell, I mean, he he did extremely well this year. I'm not going to count him out. Uh, I mean, obviously, Sean comes in looking great all the time. Dexter comes in looking great all the time um i i think just there's just a lot of other guys cedric you know a guy that nobody is talking about right now i mean that's that's kind of scary if if nobody's yeah. talking about cedric what is he doing behind closed doors i mean he might jump on stage and just totally blow everybody away yep and the thing the thing about it is these guys that we're talking about even Sean. Sean is not short. And actually, when you see him in person, you're shocked at how tall he is. Because he's like 5'10 and a half, probably. So he's like, he's just tall enough to where his massive muscle makes him look fucking tall. I saw him at the, I don't know what show I was at. Probably the Arnold with Brad Rowe. And we were, my wife and I were shooting the shit with Brad Rowe and Sean was standing there. And he was like, he's just like a big guy. He's way bigger than you think. Like compared to Phil, overall just size, he's way bigger. Way wider, way taller. Same with uh obviously even more so you have that effect with Rami, with Dallas, and with Cedric. They're all tall, flowing monsters. Phil is they're tall, wide, flowing monsters. Phil is a short, narrow not so much flowing anymore monster, you know? So it's kind of like, I feel like one of those guys, Dallas needs a little more seasoning. He'd need to really do a lot in the next, in these, this short time. But the the other guys, Rami, Cedric, and it's almost like playing the lottery and you have like triple the chances to win. 
Because it feels a little bit off. Rami, Cedric, and Sean can all beat him. No question in my mind. Especially now that Phil's been slipping and if people are kind of ready for it, you know. Um, I think the chances of all of them, all three of them, not none of them showing up spectacular. All three of them being like pretty good at, at best. I think that's super unlikely. It could happen. But I think that's super unlikely. So if that if one of them does hit it like that, we have to see a hundred percent fill, or he's gonna lose. Which would be awesome if we did see a hundred percent fill and a hundred percent Cedric or a hundred percent any of these guys, because it'd be an epic battle if that if it came to that. But are you are you so you're giving? Um, if you had to put money on someone who wasn't Phil Heath, who are you going with? I haven't even mentioned Dexter Jackson. I I, I would go Dexter. Yeah. Um, just because I probably would, his, well, his look is timeless. He he added the size that he needs to to compete with the big guys. I mean, obviously, if you put him against uh, uh you know Dallas or Rami, he's gonna look small. But uh, you know, you put him up against anybody else, and and he'll hold his own. So I almost have to give the nod to Dexter. Yeah, um, Dexter is completely unbelievable. Did you see the recent guest posing footage? Yeah, that's that's what I mean. I mean, the looking hell? at like, Dexter now and, and Phil that far out from the show, I mean, I, I, it's going to be a good show regardless of who wins. And and I'm just going to throw it out there that I don't – I think this is a pivotal year for Phil because I'm not so sure that 2017 is going to come and, and we're going to have the same thought that Phil's going to come in and and pretty much steamroll. I I think people are coming for him. I think a lot of people are out there training and and putting in the work. And I I just don't see Phil doing much after after this year. He could he's he's focused and you know obviously he wants to go after Ronnie's you know overall wins. Yeah. In terms of of Olympias, but I I think he's going to have a, a a tough shot at at doing that. I think so too. I think it is a pivotal year because it's going to go one of two ways. He's either going to I think he's either going to blow the doors off the place and we're going to say, "You know what? We might have a new all-time Olympia champ here." Because he's got 6 now. He just won his 6th easily. We might have a a we, he might be able to win nine, or it's going to go the other way. It's going to go. He's going to sneak by. It's going to be controversial. No one's going to. No one's going to be on, so no one can beat him. Like hope to pray to God that doesn't happen again. Uh, and if that happens, like you said, it's gonna, it's just going to be another year where we're like, Phil's done, but nobody has fucking got off the floor to to not to put to blow him over yet. He's fucking knocked out. He's done. But nobody is it, nobody can walk, step over, and knock him over, you know. So it, it's just it's it's gonna come a point where we're just waiting for someone to finally nail it, so uh, off Phil Heath can lose. And you don't want that as a champ. If he if he squeaks by again this year, I don't think any person is gonna have any faith of any kind that he'll win nine. The only way that anyone's gonna think he's possible winning nine is if he convincingly wins this year. And for him to convincingly win this year, he's gonna have to show us a package that he hasn't shown us in a long time. It's gonna have to blow us away. And I think he's totally capable of that. Based on what he looked like this offseason, I mean he was harder and bigger than he's ever been at the same time than we've ever seen him. Which is saying a lot, so I think that could actually 
that could actually happen. It's I almost I almost feel like the guys have found some new drug that I'm unaware of or something. Like how the way that certain guys have been able to like suddenly put on way more muscle. Like, and it's not just Kuwait, but if you look at Victor, all of a sudden, dude, just like explosion in one like Well, year. Victor went to Kuwait. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying also Dexter. What happened to Dexter in the last two years that made him at 45 years old? He's fucking huge. He's he's got like and it's hard grainy muscle. It's not like he's bloated. His waist was like in that guest posing. I was totally fine with his waist, and he was bigger than he's ever been. I was complaining about Dexter's waist in 2013, saying it's getting too big, can't get any bigger. Now we're in 2016. He's way bigger, not way bigger, but he's significantly bigger, and his waist is no worse. I don't know, like how what is going on? Like what could you have changed? Like. You've been training and, and doing all this stuff for so long. It's crazy to me that these guys and Ruli Winkler. What the hell, dude? Ruli Winkler just today did an interview with Dave Plumbo. Shout out to RX Muscle just because they're fucking putting in work. That place is on fire. Today they had Jose Raymond. They had um, Jose Raymond, the new kid from Kuwait who's doing the 212. I think he's doing 212. And Ruli Winkler and a couple of the, the female competitors, so I, I can't remember their names, but uh, Ruli is like gigantic. I mean, <laughs> everything the guy is his neck and head and shit, and he, he's just so thickly muscled that I would venture to say he's going to be equally as big as Big Rami when those two stand next to each other. No one's going to say that Rami's like, he's going to be a little bit wider, maybe, and he's a little bit taller, so he's going to have some pounds on him and stuff, but I really think that Rami, or uh, Ruli is that big now. This He's just sitting there in this interview, and as he moves around and shit, he's way in the back too, so the angle's not in his favor at all. He's being out-angled by both these guys. And he still looks so fucking mutated. Like, his arms, they're getting to the point where it's the first time I've ever seen an arm. Lee Priest is probably the closest thing. Where it's almost starting to look like a, an NFL football. So, like, from from the wrist to the elbow joint. Or, from the no. From the wrist to the shoulder joint. It's starting to look like a football. Then, then like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's literally, like... Almost becoming like as big a cross as it is long. You know, you know what I'm trying to say? Like the arm is almost becoming round. It's so fucking huge that the diameter is almost as big as the whole length of the arm. Because he's got these short arms and these huge. Because it's the first time I've ever had that sort of thought run through my head looking at a guy's arm. I'm like, holy shit. His arm is so big that it doesn't, it's not. It's not like it doesn't have the proportions of an arm. It's like way too thick for how long it is. It almost is beginning to look like a a circle as opposed to a fucking uh, 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 whatever, a log as, as it would be or whatever you'd call an arm. You know what I'm saying? It's insane how big his arms are. And then his chest, his thickness, his width, he's just so huge. And, it, and you can tell like it looks like his head's grown about 10 sizes in the last five years, but, and his neck has got to be fucking 25 inches, dude, he's huge, but his face is all sucked in like a skull, 
at the same time. And you're looking at him like, what the fuck has this guy been doing? It's really, really, really impressive. Uh, and I wonder, like, what happened? This guy won the... Rooley Winkler won the New York Pro in 2010. And he had to have been... Man, he was probably like one... He was probably 220 when he won that or something like that. Because the guy's only 5'7". I bet he was 225 when he won the New York Pro in 2010. At this Olympia, he'll probably be 270 on stage or some shit. The guy's probably 40 pounds heavier than he was in 2010. Stage weight, equal conditioning. I mean, that's that's just that's just fucking insane to me. I'm well, really, I think, I'm really I excited think, to see Ruli. One of the one of the main, obviously, Kevin is super excited. But of all the people, I I'm excited to see. It wasn't really Ruli so much until today. I saw that that video on RX Muscle and. I saw the way he looked in that shirt on that video, and I'm like, that's something special. You can just tell he's sitting in a chair with a black shirt on, and that's all it takes to be like, holy shit. There's something different going on there. And I can't now that I've seen that, I cannot wait to see what he brings to the stage. I think the trend that we thought the sport was going to go, and you know that was – a couple of years ago when, when Arnold pretty much chastised the, the judges and Jim Manning saying, you know, you guys lost the, the look and feel of, of the sport of bodybuilding. Like we're, we're no longer judging, you know, conditioning and aesthetics and symmetry. And now it's, you know, more towards the mass monsters. And, you know, he, he wanted to see it get back to the old, you know, bodybuilding days. And, and there were a couple of shows that, we saw the judges kind of going in that direction, but I think with the advent of, of classic physique, which I still don't understand that name, it should be classic bodybuilding. Right. Um, I think with, with, you know, classic physique being here, I think that pretty much just opened up the floodgates to say, get as fucking huge as you want, because that's what we're looking for in, in open. So, you know, I, I think if, if guys don't want to go that route, they don't want to, you know, use the drugs necessary to go that route, even though classic physique, it's, it's pretty much no different. Um, you know, I, I, I just don't see bodybuilding changing and, and going back to kind of the, the good old days or the golden era of, of bodybuilding. I think we're going to see guys stepping on stage in 2017, over 300 pounds, grainy and just totally striated. I mean, feathered everything. It, I think, we're going to see something ridiculous uh, next year and especially, you know, the years to follow. Yeah. And um, as you were saying that at first I was thinking kind of responding to it in a negative way that it's kind of like the open class is going to be going to kind of lose those aesthetic physiques. But the more I think about it, it's kind of cool because now we get to see those Marcus rule freaks. I mean, who doesn't love watching Marcus rule compete? Yeah. I mean, like, or, or, or Ruli Winkler or Rami, any of these guys, it's, it's awesome to see a guy five, seven, two sixty five ripped on stage. And especially in person, it's different in person. Like I, I ne- I'll never forget seeing Branch Warren at the 2015 Arnold classic where he plays second to Dexter pretty much his last good showing. And he was a shell of his former self, really. I mean, he wasn't... Well, not really. He was good. He's probably 95%. He wasn't like 09 Branch. 
or 2011 branch, that's for sure. But just the sheer amount of ripped, dense, striated muscle on his body was fucking awesome. Compared to all the other guys, he was the most impressive in that. Maybe he didn't have the best physique, but he was the most impressive. He He's the one that made you kind of tilt your head like a cat looking at the TV. You know what I mean? Right. That you're kind of like, what the fuck, dude? I can't believe that. So he's like... That's we're gonna be able to get that, but we're not gonna lose the. I don't think we're gonna lose those classic physiques because we have the classic physique now. I just want to see the classic physique change a lot. I hate that fucking name, just like you. It's ridiculous. I understand why they did that, but it, it's stupid. But I want to see that that division really flourish. I want to see them get a lot bigger and a lot more classic. Because I think, I mean, like the guys who are winning now. They're not that classic. I mean, Sean Roden in 2014 has a more classic physique than any of the classic physique guys. Yeah. He, in 2014 on stage, Sean Roden at 240-something had a smaller waist than any of the classic physique pros right now. So you can't, so the real freaks are still going in the open, but it has potential to allow us to see both, to allow us to see the 93... Uh, flex wheeler physiques and the ripped shredded 280 pound Marcus rule physiques compete at the same time, which is, which would be ideal. That said, this is off topic, but real quick, I wanted to bring this up. I saw some pictures from the North Americans, which were this weekend. And I got to be honest, the, the guy who won men's physique to me looked like just like pretty much the same as the guy who won classic physique I feel like the guy who won classic physique was 10% sharper but I honestly felt like if the if the men's physique guy got 10% sharper and went in the classic physique he would have won it he looked like he kind of he. I feel like he had better roundness and stuff and better V taper than the guy in classic physique. The guy in classic physique was just harder. So I, I think there has to be a. I think there really has to be a, discre- a, a bigger discrepancy there. And I think the way that needs to happen is the classic physique guy is looking more like classic classic bodybuilders, bigger and and everything, because the cla- the, the good men's physique guys are right there with them really. In terms of muscularity and shit. Yeah, I mean it's I, I'm I'm not a fan of men's physique. And and I know some of the competitors, uh, you know, just from being in the industry and you know, there's nothing wrong with them. It's to me it, it just it's an odd division to start with. Um you know, you're you're being judged on your physique, but yet you show calves and that's it. And they don't matter, and and nobody cares about the size of your calves, and and really none of their calves are impressive, anyways. So it, I, I hate well, to say like it's bikini. a waste. It's, it's it like, has no fans. That's what I was going to just say. It has no fans. <laughs> yeah. The same. I've made this argument a million times that bikini and men they don't have fans. There's no true fans. You're either a competitor, or a, a, you're either a competitor, a trainer of a competitor. Or a friend or family member. Those are the people watching. 
there are no fucking fans. Like, there, there's probably, there are fans to men's physique, but there's so few and far in between. Like, the young guys who are in men's physique and they're trying to climb up the ranks. But they're competitors. Yeah. They don't count. Like, I'm, like, you and I don't compete. I've never competed in bodybuilding. We don't compete. But we're hardcore fans of pro bodybuilding. We don't have we don't have a horse in the race, but we're hardcore fans. People like us don't exist in bikini, and they don't exist in men's physique. People, are, oh, this guy is fucking. Like, show me, show me that fucking person. Prove me wrong. They don't fucking exist. Nobody would go to a men's physique show on a Saturday night. Nobody, if they're not a friend, family member, trainer, or a competitor. Nobody's going there on Saturday night to just to watch men's physique or just to watch bikini. Those people, no one's gonna get up and spend money to go do that. Zero people. That's that's the problem with them. They they generate a lot of money, but there's no real fans. There's no true hundred percent fans like you and I. Physique is a gateway drug into classic physique. If yeah. if you're a real competitor. Otherwise, you're just some guy who has a good physique who just wants to win some money, and and that's why you do physique. I mean, you're you're honestly a California surfer boy who is a little bit larger than the guys riding the waves, and you're stepping on stage. And it's like bodybuilding. A lot of the turnoff on bodybuilding is how like people think it's gay. You know, like guys. Manly men will be like, oh, it's fucking gay watching those guys. Because they're probably gay themselves. Because if you're uncomfortable watching them, that probably means you're gay. I'm not gay, so I can watch mostly naked guys all day. It doesn't bother me because I'm not gay. But if the the men's physique is way more like that. It's way more flamboyant. Like, why, why the arm shit? Why do they shake their arms like that? You know what I'm talking about? The yeah, men's think, physique guys, I how think they Jason Poston does it the worst. How they'll turn it's and like, like shake their chicken. What the fuck are you doing? What are you yeah. doing? Like how come nobody brings this up? That that's not okay. Nothing is okay about the way those fucking guys shake their arms for no reason. Like you look like a fucking absolute and utter buffoon. Like <laughs> You, you, no matter what your physique looks like, you could be the fucking best looking guy in creation, the whole fucking galaxy. You do that arm shake thing, and you are a douchebag, like immediately. Uh, what is that? Why did I? <clears throat> my boy Louis Uridel, who used to be in your seat, he made a video once bashing. He used to do these really funny videos called like Reels Time or something, but. He probably doesn't have time to do them anymore, but he did one about men's physique and he called it, he called that move jiggly arms and he fucking like, <laughs> and, he, and he like mocked it. And I remember dying laughing. I could not stop laughing. My wife came in. She's like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, fucking Lewis on this video just coined this term jiggly arms. And that's what it is. It's like, guys, listen, any guy who's men's physique, who's like, Thinking about doing it, does it now. Whoever you are, don't fucking do that. Please, please. If you can do anything on that stage, like I've thought about doing men's physique. I would do it. I don't care. I mean, I don't care for anyone to see me do it. Just like as a fun little side goal for something to do. You know, if I had time, I would do men's physique. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't want to squat and shit and build huge legs. I can. 
I'm capable of having good legs and, and being on a bodybuilding stage, but I don't like my life's not like that anymore. You know, like I'm not going to fucking go to the gym and puke after squats and shit anymore. I'm not that that's not my life anymore. So I'm not against it doing it or anything, but man, stop with the jiggly arms. That shit, I can't even watch a men's physique show. I'm looking at it like, I was thinking about doing a men's physique show not too long ago, because people are like, dude, you should do something, you should compete or whatever, and it's like, I'm like, oh, I don't really feel like doing that, I'm like, fucking fat, I would need to diet a lot, like, I'm not as lean as people think, I don't think, but, <clears throat> at least not in this industry, but like, and I, I was watching a video, like, trying to, I'm like, what do these guys have to do, you know, I kind of wanted to learn the whole, the turns and kind of the poses, and I'm watching it, and I literally had to turn it off. They're jiggling their arms around and shit and looking like fucking retard. They look like those those used car dealership signs. You know what I'm talking about? That they're blown up and they're fucking... <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? Like, that look... That, that just... I could not watch them do that for very long. I had to turn it off. I'm like, man, I got to see Dorian some socks to get my manliness back. Because that shit was so... It's just... I don't get it. Maybe Justin Poston's up there with low blood sugar, fucking shaking his arms around because he's a diabetic. I can make that joke because I'm a diabetic too. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't Stop the jiggly arms, say, guys. Man. That was like a, a side rant on the Olympia, but fucking A. But no, in all seriousness, does anybody know any winner of any physique competition? I know uh, the Olympia winners slightly. I know early on. It was Mark Anthony, who didn't really deserve to win, in my opinion. The kid with the dreads. But it's generally the Olympia. But that's all and I know. I can't tell you who plays second. I can't tell you in order. I can't. I know he won it at some point, more than once, I think. And then it was. Then Boindia won, but I don't. I don't know. I don't even know if there's a guy in between them. I can't even remember. So I, I'm fucking in the industry. You know what I'm saying? I'm in the industry. I followed the shit. And I have no I mean, fucking idea. Here's here's the funniest story. Um, I, I work with when I was at Metrex. I was very, you know, worked closely with the event coordinator who also dealt with all the athletes. And and she called me up and she said, "Hey, what do you think of this guy, Jason Poston?" And I said, uh, "Who?" She goes, "Jason Poston. He's a competitor." I go, "What what does he compete in?" Uh, men's physique. What the fuck is men's physique? She's <laughs> like, well, you know, you know the the guys in the board shorts. I go, oh, those guys. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we just signed him. I said, I hope you didn't pay a lot of money to get him. Like, he's not gonna bring us any <laughs> any sales. Like, I don't know anybody who follows men's physique. And she was like, well, yeah, but he's got a personality. Well, come to find out, yeah, his personality is an asshole. I mean, literally, I couldn't tell you the, the number of booths that he went to that I managed, and they would call me up because they threw him out of the fucking booth. Bodybuilding.com was one of those guys. They threw him out of the booth three times at <laughs> three different shows He's because a he was a diva. He was pulling this, don't you know who I am? No, no, nobody knows who the fuck you are. You're a men's physique. Like, you are a nobody in the industry. I don't yeah. care how big you think your personality is. Nobody gives two shits about who you are. Nope. I mean, let's You're, be honest. Most people don't give a shit about who Phil Heath is. No. So how can you fucking Jason Poston? Like, I didn't know he was a dick. That's funny. 
Yeah, and you know I what? He, not funny, he could have but... had three really bad days, and it just happened to be at my largest account when I was Doubt at Metrex. But literally, they said, you could not pay us to have this guy back at our booth. So, post-ups, TJ Humphreys, God bless you. He's he's all yours. Once we didn't sign his contract anymore, I was probably the happiest person at Metrex. That kid belongs on, like, reality TV and shit, you know? Like, that's where... Oh, he does. What are you doing on... Like, that kid, like... He's like this immaculately-looking kid with this perfect physique. Like, do something else. You're up there doing the fucking jiggly arms like a fool. Just go and fucking... Be get go in Hollywood. Like, how can you not get a role in Hollywood looking like that? You know what I mean? You go into any role where you're supposed to be some like stud. Nobody's gonna. Nobody there is going to be better looking than you for a role like that, like a manly stud role. You know what I mean? Well, here's the thing. Like, who who who's gonna show up and even rival that guy? It's not even gonna be close. He has that perfect look, you know. And, and but you you he could do all that shit. Why does he have to? And if he has a great personality, like he's touting. Why That's are you fucking stand on stage making no money doing jiggly arms? Like, but let's let's be honest. You don't see bodybuilders with these extravagant personalities doing YouTube videos all the time. I mean, that's that's all these physique guys do. They do workout videos. Like somebody is actually watching their workouts and, you know, idolizing them. Now, you know, don't get me wrong. There were a few guys who you could throw in that men's physique and and I'll throw this guy's name out because I think he was probably one of the best that if he ever did step on stage, he would have wiped the floor with everybody. And that was Greg Plitt. You know, he was a great friend of mine. Uh, you know, his work ethic was amazing. You know, did he have some stuff behind the scenes that people didn't know about? Absolutely. But everybody does. But the bottom line is, I mean, that dude motivated everybody. He was out there trying to do more for the, you know, the fitness industry. And he didn't give two shits about jumping up on stage and pounding his chest and, and having a dick measuring contest with the rest of the physique guys. Literally, Jim Mannion begged him to start competing. They wanted him to be the poster boy of men's physique when they first got it started. They were basically telling him, we're basically just going to pay you to jump up on stage because you're going to win. And he was, you know, he kept saying, no, no, thanks. Yeah. I, I don't want anything to do with that. Um, I envy people like him, that fucking Greg Plitt kid, rest his soul. I mean, I mean, I know he had shit going on behind the scenes, but aside from that, like his ability to get shit done, like his ability, his, his capacity for work and his drive to do shit, just to his ambition. That's the word I should use. I, I, that, that, that type of ambition is like, sometimes it can be almost a sickness, but man, that. The, that that guy and there's there's a lot of people like that. He's one of them. Jay Cutler's kind of like that too. Just have this yeah. this massive amount of ambition to get stuff done and to be to keep moving forward and to keep rolling. Like they don't sit and watch TV. It's always like productivity and like th- those people I envy because I don't have that. I have a little bit of it. Um, I'm able to like put myself in a, in that mindset, but I'm not naturally like that. You know, that, that, that's a, I have to work at being like that. Those guys are just, maybe they're working at being like that, but I feel like it's kind of a, a genetic trait that some guys have that are, it's just like explosive ambition. And, and uh, he definitely had that. The guys who followed Greg Plitt only really saw a fraction of what that guy does. I, I mean, Literally, I spoke to him the day before 
his accident. And we were currently at that point, at that very moment, working on three different projects together. Um, and it, it had nothing to do with with metrics. It was side proje- uh, projects, you know, film type stuff, interview type stuff, magazine type stuff. Um, I mean, this this guy, I, I don't know when he sleeps. I mean, he would text me. I mean, he, he used to call me at like now, granted, he was in L.A., um, you know, we're out here on the East Coast, but I would get a phone call three, four o'clock in the morning with the voicemail and I would wake up and go, who the fuck called me last night? I look, it's Greg. Hey man, I was just thinking about this great interview idea. You know, I, I was talking to, you know, the editor at blah, blah, blah magazine. And, and what if we would do something like this? And I'm thinking like, it's like midnight, one o'clock his time. I'm like what? It, it, his mind just never stopped. It, it his, his work ethic was insane. I mean, if I could model, you know, my career in this industry off of one person, uh, you know, without all of the baggage, it would be Greg, hands down. Wasn't he um, like a high-level military guy too? Yeah, uh, he was a ranger. Man. He, he's yeah, I mean, he's badass. A, yeah, he's one of those guys that makes you feel like a, like a bitch. Yeah. He's like, you look at them and uh, you're like, man, like how does this guy just take the world by the balls like that? And he's just that type of guy. I have, you know, it's just, uh, they're very, very rare, too. Yeah. The and dude had it all. He was funny <clears throat> as hell. Yeah, it's like a trait. He just, just uh, like a, I don't even know how to describe it, really. It's, it's like a perfectly, it's like a perfectly engineered human being. But everything is there. The looks, the humor, the brain, the work ethic, it's all there. It's like we're all robots that are made, and we all have little mistakes here and there. Greg is the one robot where creation or whatever you want to believe in got it perfectly right. They hit it right. They got all sevens on that roll. You know what I mean? Like, he got everything. And there's a few guys out there like that, and it's like, holy shit, you know? It's crazy when you come across them because they're so special. But you know what? I think we need more people like that in the industry, and not that there aren't it's just a lot of the guys that are out there it's all self-promotion right like it's it's an underlying reason why they're so friendly and and why they're trying to help people it's because they're trying to promote their image you know and i'm not saying that i don't want my image to you know get out there but you know i'm not doing snapchat or whatever the fuck that app is uh, you know, I, I don't do the the YouTube thing or, or anything like that. I, I consider myself a guy kind of behind the scenes. I put out the content. People read it. They're like, oh, okay, that was a good article. You know, yeah, I get emails all the time from people and, you know, people commenting on my website and stuff. But I'm not actively out there, like, trying to be in the face of, right. of anyone who wants to get in the fitness, fitness industry or, or yep. anything like that. And but, I'm really uh, the same way. I'm actually – we're about the same, I guess, in that in that regard. I'm a little more social media, I think, than you are, which isn't saying much because you're not social media at all. You don't do that shit barely at all. But I think you're a little more – like you were on your local news. Like that's that's a little more out there than me. But I do do a little social media. But I think that – sometimes I think I'm doing myself a disservice. Like I have a YouTube channel, but I was using that when I was like, competitively powerlifting and competitively eating. I was trying to be a competitive eater and a power. I was trying to do like different little things, you know, just trying my 
just trying to see what I was good at. If I had, you know, any, just testing out my talents and things and, and putting some stuff on YouTube. But I don't like, I could, I could do so much more on YouTube. I could talk about all kinds of shit, you know, but I don't know. It's just not my thing. It's not my, it's just not how I do things. I do. I, I like to generate quality, quality material for people, put it out there and then kind of stay behind the scenes. Like kind of like you are, I could, I like, trust me, I could be doing, you're the same way. I'm sure I could be doing so much more for my name. I could just be doing so much more for self-promotion, but I just don't do it. It's just not really, for some reason, it's not really what's important to me, even though it probably should be. It's just not how I roll, you know? Well, I think it comes down to, and, and you know, I'm, I'm just kind of, I don't even putting... use Twitter. You don't use I have, Twitter. You know, just use Instagram. I I, uh, I streamline things because whatever I put on Twitter then ends up on on both of my Facebook, my my business page, and my personal page. So I, I honestly only use Twitter for that reason, so I don't oh, have to I post see. things twice. Um, but like I, I if you talk to somebody and they're like, uh, oh yeah, I read an article by Matt White, they, they'll probably have no idea who I am. They might have heard the name. But it's not like uh, they're going to say, oh, yeah, you know, I saw that guy. Uh, you know, he looks like this or that or the other. Like, I don't have Instagram, none of that stuff. Like, I don't care to put my my image out there. It's I'm not in this industry for that, which is, I guess, a rarity that, that you and I are in an industry which everybody's out there putting their image and their physique out there. And, and we, frankly, just really don't give a shit. Right. The one good thing is we both have fairly unique names. Uh, they're like... You, you may not forget them after you read an article, you know, or if you saw them again, you would re-recognize them. Um, well, yeah, because everybody's like, oh, that dude's got a weird last name. Like, why is he in the fitness industry and his last name is Weak? Like, it's not Weak. It's White. It's German. Think of the color white with a white. K. Yeah. So, speaking of your image, we had a fan. Do you see the fan that said you, you look like a retired boy band star? Me? That's what he said. Oh, I didn't see that. Where I don't know if that's that a at? compliment or not because it seems like, I mean, he is, I, I posted the show, the last show. I think it was episode 58. Uh-huh. Was it 58, I think? What's this on Facebook? Yeah, and one, one guy messaged, uh, he said, Matt looks like a retired boy band star or something like that. <laughs> I don't know how one looks like that, that's but I thought, awesome. I thought it was a funny... Uh, I thought it was a funny comment because I don't I don't really know how you look like a retired boy band. Like, what does that look look like? I guess uh, it looks know. how you look. That's what a retired boy band. I guess uh, you look like Justin Timberlake because that's what he is. Yeah, I was I was in in sync. I wish I wish I looked like Justin Timberlake. Yeah, if I was part of a boy band, you, I wouldn't be talking on this radio show. Yeah, but not from the neck down though. Fuck that. That guy's a scrawny bitch. <laughs> That's kind of funny. See, I'll uh, have to look for that. That's hilarious. I'm gonna call this guy out. I thought that was funny. I'm trying to find it. It has me intrigued. I'm on my Facebook right now. I think. Huh? Where the hell did it go? It Maybe it was an old one that he found. That's weird. I know I saw it. I'm not. I'm not making this up. But it must be. Maybe he was. Maybe he was just like creeping on my page and you found an old one or something but I know it was there but now I don't know what happened to it it's not going to be my no- I have way too many notifications it's going to be oh is this it no that's not going to be it yeah 
Uh, if you find it, you have to tell me. I don't know if I'm going to be able I'll definitely... If I find it, I'll definitely mention mention you in a comment so it pops up on your Facebook, no doubt. But oh, that would be hilarious. I, now I can't find it. I know it, it came up, though. Maybe nah, he wouldn't have erased it, but whoever's listening will comment on this. He, the, the dude will be listening. You know, he's a listener, so I think... I think he's a listener. I would assume so. So he'll probably yeah. he'll probably comment on it and, and tag us, me or something. Give us the deets. But uh, you know, we were going to talk about the new Kevin photos, but we're already already over an hour, so we're going to hold that. So I think next time we'll uh, this will be more of our Olympia preview. Next time we'll do the two twelve and talk about Kevin because I think we'll take a week off of Kevin. We barely touched on him, and I feel like there's there's some drama this week with Kevin. We can talk about, and I'm pretty sure there'll be more drama in the next week over kevin so i i think next week we're gonna we're, we'll do 212 and we'll do we'll talk about we'll uh, kind of because honestly the next show is the last show we can talk about kevin you know kevin's comeback so that's gonna be it once once the next show is over everything we say about kevin's comeback is gonna be in past tense so yeah, I think it's then we, important. Then we can either say how great he did or or how yep. disappointing his comeback was. Yep. So I think it's it's only right that we give some time to Kevin Lavroni next next episode. So, but that's it. That's the wrap. Great show again. Um, always a lot of energy and a lot of fun. But uh, it doesn't matter how I feel coming into the show. It always ends up, you know, we we always end up getting the juices flowing and, and getting getting a good content out there. So once again. This show is brought you to, brought to you, man, Porky Pig over here. This show is brought to you by Iron Mag Labs and Iron Mag Research. Visit IronMagLabs.com and IronMagResearch.com. At both sites, you can use coupon code JEFF15, G-E-O-F-F-1-5, for 15% off your checkout. I would appreciate that very much. Check out IronMagazine.com. We just start, started throwing articles up there again. I have uh, one called Greatest bodybuilder of all time question mark and i explain why i think the question's very easy to answer if you think about it um and i just put just put just a few hours ago my newest latest article um the ultimate 2016 mr olympia preview it's pretty much this whole radio show summarized into a four-page article it's like Every I pretty much dissect the without making it a, a fifteen page uh, fucking thesis, which I could have. I I go through every single faucet of the Olympia and in, in, in preview fashion, uh, some predictions, some what ifs, and all that type of stuff. So definitely check that out. Leading into the Olympia, boost some excitement, and um, that's really it. Follow me on Instagram, Jeff Roberts zero two. Um, not really on Twitter. Follow me on Facebook, Jeff Roberts. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel if you want, Jeff Roberts. Maybe I'll put more stuff on there. Maybe not. Uh, we'll see. What's up, Matt? What do you got? Tons of content. I've been writing a lot about uh, the competitors. Got something new on Kai Green. Talked a little bit about Victor Martinez and Cedric. Uh, had a lot of questions lately about Cedric. People wanted to know if he's competing or not. We touched on it last show. Yep. Um, but got... Tons of content out there. Check it out. Uh, social media. If you want to follow some of my work, all the stuff is up at Wike Fitness on Facebook. Same thing with Twitter, Wike Fitness. 
check it out. Follow. You can always uh, find out in your news feeds and stuff where uh, content's going. Check out Matt's article about the correlation between cancer and lifestyle. Um, that's an important article to me. I think that's a that's something that people are. It just really, really irks me when people disagree with that with that notion that that you have no control over getting cancer at all. It's like, or you have no control over the chance of your chances. You have no ability to make yourself more or less susceptible. Like that, that just really, really irks me. It's such a fucking lazy, stupid American way to think. So, and, um, in Matt's article, he obviously does not agree with that. He says that there is a correlation, of course, and there are ways to reduce risk and increase risk and everything. So definitely check that one out. So what, what was it exactly called? Uh, lifestyle choices and cancer risk. Yes. Check, check that one out and uh, take that shit to heart. Cause it's true. I'm not saying you can't get cancer. If you live a healthy lifestyle, that is not what I'm saying. You can absolutely get cancer, but I'm saying no matter who you are, your risk of getting cancer decreases with a healthy lifestyle. If you have a 100% chance of getting cancer already, yeah, you're going to get cancer. But I think if you have a 90, 90, if you have a 90% chance of getting cancer, I think a healthy lifestyle can drop it to 70 or something. It will always help. Don't fucking tell me it doesn't matter. Like I hate that shit. So just, uh, I wanted to, I wanted to give that article a shout out. I appreciate it. And, um, that's it. That's a wrap episode 59. I'm pretty sure this is. Yeah, 59. Holy shit, episode 60 next time. It's going to be huge. I can't wait till episode 100. We'll definitely have to do something. Maybe we'll finally get Bob Chick on. That fucking yeah. guy's hard, hard to get on the show. But uh, Oh, we are having Greg Valentino on International Iron for our preview show of the Olympia. That's going to be more nice. Olympia stories and stuff, talking to Lee and everything. And I really – I can't wait. It's going to be It's going to be awesome talking to, talking to Greg and Lee about the past Olympias, Lee's experience, what they both think. It's going to be a wild ride, so definitely tune in for that. We're, we're looking to record that in the next few days here, so uh, stay tuned to Iron Magazine. It's it's, it's where it's at, and uh, go over to RX Muscle, too. Those guys are fucking killing it, so I got to throw a shout-out there. But uh, until next time, I am Jeff Roberts for Mr. Matt Wyke. Not weak, but Wyke, and we are out.